0: So there's a social media challenge uh, that is out there for the Thanksgiving holiday before us. And it is challenging all family members, all friends who gather on Thanksgiving to find a central place in the house and everyone checks their phone in for four hours. What do you think? Think that'd be hard to do? We got some claps, we have some applause. Some have even suggested, you know, turn your phone in, shut it down, power it down for the entire day. I encourage you, as you prepare, you know, you have a few days to prepare for Thanksgiving. if this is a challenge that you want to take, or you want to encourage your family to take it, to just go for it. See what happens. This holiday is a time for us to reconnect as family, as friends to build those relationships that are so essential to our lives, and perhaps even more importantly, it's a holiday, it's a time, it's a day set aside to grow in our relationship to God. This worship this morning is dedicated to preparing for our great national holiday of Thanksgiving. When we pause and reflect, When we open our hearts and our minds and we give thanks to God, something happens to us, we change. Even in areas where we uh, feel scarcity or a lacking, we sense that all that we have, all that we have been given, comes to us as a gift from God. As we enter into Thanksgiving and we truly let ourselves power down, we also enter into a time of Sabbath keeping where we can truly rest, where we can rejuvenate, where we can reclaim a sense of joy in our lives. This is the season of Thanksgiving, a time where we can focus on the abundance, on the gifts that God has given to us. And what better way for us to do that than to read the scripture that Pam read for us this morning from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14. I encourage you to find it on page 893 of your Pew Bible. When we look at this this morning, we're also going to look at the beginning of the 14th uh, chapter, because it contains some important information about John the Baptist. So let's just reacquaint ourselves a little bit with uh, John the Baptist and who he was to Jesus. Remember that they are cousins. Elizabeth, the mother to John, uh, was related to Mary, the mother of Jesus. They grew up together. Not only were they family, but they also shared ministry together. Before Jesus began his public ministry, John the Baptist paved the way for him. He went about the towns and the hillsides proclaiming a ministry of repentance, turning away from personal sin and turning instead to a life with God, baptizing people in the Jordan River. We could argue when we study scripture that because John the Baptist did his work, People were able to receive Jesus and his teaching and his message. And then in chapter 14, beginning with verse 1, a tragic story unfolds. John the Baptist is murdered by the Roman government. And when our scripture picks up with verse 13 today, Jesus has just heard about his cousin's death. And he's retreated to solitude to pray to grieve, to ask God, what do I do now that my cousin, that my partner in ministry is gone? And it's where he goes to this deserted place and in this time of solitude that the crowds find him. They come from the towns and they find him in this deserted place. And in the midst of Jesus' sorrow and his grief, the people come for healing. And when Jesus sees them in their need, he has what's called compassion for them. In the original Greek language, the word compassion means the turning of the insides from selfishness to empathy to focus on the other. I think all of us have had this at some point or another. We witness someone's pain or suffering and all of a sudden our insides hurt right in the center of ourselves and it's a physical ache and it compels us to respond to that suffering, to that pain. It happened to Jesus, it happens to us. God designed us this way. God knows that we can't survive on our own. We have to have compassion. We have to have empathy for each other in order to survive and to thrive in this world. So Jesus, even in his time of grief, experienced this compassion and he did something about it. He healed those who came to him who had sickness and disease. And then the compassion moves from Jesus to his disciples. Look in verse 15. It's getting to be late, the evening is starting to fall, and it's time for the big meal of the day. And as is in the custom at the time, when this time of day happened, whoever was hosting the group of people that was together also needed to host the dinner. Now you and I have been in the same situation where we've hosted somebody and we weren't planning for them to stay for dinner, but the hour is getting late and it's getting close to dinner time. And so we do what the disciples did, we tell the master, hey, it's time for the people to go. Why don't you encourage them to just go on? You know, (laughs) they can find their own meal somewhere else. And Jesus turns to his disciples and says, I want you to feed them. And so out of this time that feels very scarce, they cobble together what they can find, some fish and some bread and Jesus turns heavenward and prays and blesses this meal and all are fed and there are leftovers. How often in our lives are we like those disciples where whatever it is that's before us feels very big and overwhelming and the resources that we survey look very inadequate. It happens a lot in our lives. And as people of faith, we are called to look beyond just this scarcity and to look for the abundance of God's grace in our lives. Stephen Covey, when he wrote The Seven Habits for Highly Effective People, talks about this reality that goes through our minds when we're faced with situations such as this. There's the scarcity mentality The scarcity mentality, let's go with an image from Thanksgiving, is when you have a pie and one person gets a really large portion of the pie and so then everyone else who's around has to divide the portion that's left into smaller pieces. And all of a sudden those resources seem so scarce. People with a scarcity mentality have a difficult time sharing recognition and credit, power, or profit. They also have a hard time being genuinely happy for someone else's success when they do well in life. They have a more difficult time giving thanks, showing gratitude, practicing humility, and being part of a team. In contrast, the abundance mentality, Covey explains, flows out of a deep inner sense of personal worth and security. It's a paradigm shift that there is always going to be enough, that God will always provide enough, probably even more than enough. This mentality results in the sharing of prestige, recognition, profits, decision making. This kind of mentality of abundance opens up possibilities, options, alternative solutions, and creativity. Think in your life when you've experienced one rather than the other. The mentality of abundance is a mentality of faith. An example of an abundant mentality is the first thanksgiving in our nation's history. We learn when we study this history and this story how our Native American brothers and sisters practiced generosity among new European settlers. The Wampanoag tribe befriended the Puritans, sharing with these new settlers wisdom for how to survive in the Americas. What could have been a time of scarcity mentality on behalf of the native people was in th- instead a time of abundance. Here, the Native Americans had lived in, on this land for over 12,000 years, passing down survival and thriving techniques generation after generation. And they passed these same skills along to their new friends, the Puritans, when they arrived on the land in 1620. This band of people from England and then Holland numbered 101. And the Wampanoag tribe um, welcomed them with open arms as friends and allies. The Puritans knew that they were vulnerable And by God's grace, the Native Americans showed them generosity and abundance how to survive. And so, for their first fall harvest, the Puritans wanted to celebrate and share a feast. And they invited their friends, the Wampanoags, to join them for the abundant table set before them, not only sharing food, but sharing relationships together. As we give thanks and remember the history of our nation, we need to do only what Jesus does and learn as his disciples did. When we have moments of scarcity in our lives where we feel like our resources are not enough, we need only to look heavenward and to remember our God who so abundantly provides for us. To ask a blessing over everything that God has given to us and then to get about the work of sharing and distributing, building community, being friends with one another. And that then leads to celebration, to joy, to laughter, for fulfillment, peace, and abundance. Locally, we have a Thanksgiving story of sorts. Several years ago, when Sheridan began the Barnabas community and we were distributing free clothing and household goods, We recognized as volunteers that the people were coming not only for these resources, but they were also coming hungry. So we began a small hospitality ministry of coffee and cookies. Our space was so limited at the time that the people who came just simply stood and had their nourishment. There was no place for them to sit. Then when we moved into the facility where we are now, we made sure that we had tables and chairs, a place to serve food in abundance. Some of you might remember that Kelly Green was our community life coordinator at the time, and she's the one who helped begin our food ministry. Every Friday night, Kelly would make a crock pot of oatmeal in her college sorority house, in the bathroom. And then she would bring it to Barnabas on Saturday morning and would set out some oatmeal fixings and that is how our meal ministry there began. Now we serve two meals a week, every week consistently with volunteers alone. Thursday night supper after our worship together and Saturday morning pretty much all morning and if we have enough food, it goes into lunchtime as well. So this Thanksgiving, put your phone down, power down, turn to your family and friends. Reflect on having a mind of abundance. Take time, some silent reflection remember all of our native brothers and sisters who shared and continue to share this amazing land of the Americas, a nation of abundance. Pay attention to the abundance around you, whatever resources those are. Rest, be renewed, and simply give thanks for all that God has done, amen.